So go on then, Andrew. Nail your colours to a mast here. Are you saying Garcia by points? I'm saying Garcia by points. Stupid! You're so stupid! I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I'm so glad that Matt Lewis and I did not wager any money for Spence versus Garcia. I'm very happy about that. I'm I'm glad that we did not make any sort of wager, but I think I, I I think I can actually hear Matt on the other side of the country licking his chops the next time we do a podcast and there's a big prediction that has to be made and he's he's gonna he's gonna try to entice me like oh come on Andrew let's just make this a gentleman's bet shall we uh, shall we say one pound you know for whatever the prediction goes. Little do I know that, you know, who knows, like a a pound converted into Canadian will be about 15 cents. Meanwhile, you know, a a pound or rather a Canadian dollar converted into an English pound will probably be like $200. I don't know. I'm not that big on economics. But, uh, oh, God, that was. Have we ever seen a super fight between two undefeated fighters be so one-sided when's the last time we saw that happen floyd mayweather versus diego corrales all the way back in 2001 i'm honestly thinking you know trying to rack my brain thinking what when was the last time a super fight where you had people you know not just granted Errol Spence was favored, but there were some people like myself, and not just me, mind you. You had people like Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, people who kind of know what they're talking about when it comes to boxing. They were picking Garcia, too. So, what the hell happened? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of other things on this uh, podcast. This is just going to be sort of a recap of the whole undercard and everything. Now, a lot of people have uh, complained about the undercard, saying that it wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the greatest, no, but I am not going to... Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was ever bored by it. I was never thinking, oh my god, how long can I sit here, you know, before I think about going on Tinder and finding, you know, some dates to... Uh, you know, entertain myself with after this is over. No, I, I I like that they would sometimes pad it out by having these, you know, these minor bouts between some unknown fighters. But like I said, we'll get into that as uh, the podcast goes on. Now, uh, when I got to the bar, the uh, first fight between Chris Ariola and Jean-Pierre Augustine was already underway. Uh, Augustine entered the ring. With a record of 17 wins, no losses, one draw, facing Chris Ariola, 37 wins, five losses, one draw, one no contest. I saw this as a must-win fight for Ariola. Now I had not heard of Jean-Pierre Augustine. You know, didn't know too much about him. I thought for a second, well, is he is he Canadian? I I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I, I kind of thought if, if Ariola doesn't win this fight, he is taking himself out of any whispers of any future heavyweight title fights. And I, I doubt that he's even in the picture for those. But um, 
regardless, uh, I got there sort of as uh, round one was coming to an end, so I I wasn't really paying too much attention to this fight uh, from a uh, from a judging standpoint. I'm just watching it, being entertained, and. I think I was paying more attention than Chris Ariola's family because at one point they panned over to Ariola's family as the fight is taking place. Uh, two of his kids are like having a little play fight in you know in the in their seats, which is fine. You know they're little kids, but his wife is uh, his wife is on her is on her cell phone. She's not watching the fight. I'm thinking you know this is a pretty important fight for your husband and you're not watching maybe she was my tinder date who was thinking of hooking up with me but then she's like oh my husband won well later canadian dork and so that's why we didn't hook up but i just thought why aren't you watching like shouldn't you be a bit more interested in this hello i mean is it sad that i'm more interested in it than you are lady but um yeah augustine uh, by the start of round three, it, w- it was kind of clear that, all right, Ariola is sort of in control of this. He almost went down, Augustine did, at the start of round three. And then Ariola was able to capitalize on it. Uh, I thought that the ref gave Augustine a lot of time when he was down. Not, or not so much when he was down, but when he got up. He was like, all right, move over here. Now move over here. You know, like, put your gloves up. Are you sure you're okay? I just I just thought, you're giving this guy a lot of time to recover. It's got to piss Ariola off. I mean, Augustine probably appreciates it, but thankfully, Ariola did the right thing. He jumped right on Augustine, um, trapped him in the corner, and, you know, that was the end of the fight for Augustine. A nice bounce back for Chris Ariola. Um... Yeah, n- not much to say. I mean, I don't think that there's too much shelf life left for this guy. I mean, I, I don't know. What more can you do at this point uh, in your career exactly? What more is there that you that can be done that you should have done when you were younger? I mean, you're 38 years old. I doubt he's going to get another title fight. I would be shocked if that happened. But uh, you never know. You never know. This is boxing. Okay, so after that, we had Louis Neary versus McJoe Arroyo. And when I saw the name at first, I, I don't know too much about fighters in the lower weight classes. You know, that's that's my uh, that's my fault, my problem. But I just thought McJoe Arroyo. Now, the Arroyo part, I mean, you know, nothing unusual about that. But it's the McJoe. I just thought, I you know, St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. I just thought, is this guy trying to sound Irish? Ah, I'm McJoe Arroyo, and I'm here to win this fight for all of Ireland and possibly Mexico. I don't know. I, the only person who was trying to be more Irish than anybody in the building that night was uh, Showtime Sean Porter. If you saw him, he was dressed up like he was a goddamn leprechaun. I'm sorry. I... I looked at that guy and I thought, you're seriously dressed like that? You, you, you got the, the green fedora on and everything? Honestly, like I'm all for getting into the spirit of St. Patrick's Day, but most normal people do that by getting wasted. Sean Porter looked like he was trying to be the, the blackest Irishman since Shaquille O'Neal. Anyway, that's just me. Uh, uh, poor McJoe Arroyo, though. Uh... 
he, he just kept getting knocked down. Uh, there, there was this very good, it was kind of a delayed knockdown at the uh, end of round two. Came from a uppercut from Neary. And, you know, McJoe kind of, or I keep calling him McJoe. I think that's his last name. But Arroyo kind of paused for a second and then just dropped. And you could tell that it wasn't a devastating blow to him, but like it was, uh, it was affecting him. And this just kept happening round after round. And I, I just thought, oh come on, uh, you know, he, Arroyo's ready to go. His heart's keeping him going, but it's not enough. And as soon as I was typing that, he was knocked down again. And as I'm watching it, I just thought, oh come on, if you know he's been knocked down what three or four times at this point. And this is the end of round four. If the corner has any logic or certainly any compassion for their fighter, they'd stop the fight. And thankfully they did. That's a great decision. You know, live to fight another day, as they kept telling him. Well done to Neary. Um, one thing I wish that they would uh, not do, they, they did this in the post-fight interview I heard, was, uh, you know, they were referring to him as, you know, oh, this guy could be the new Manny Pacquiao. Don't do that. R remember when Richard Schaefer did that with Lu uh, Lucas Matisse? He said that, oh, we've got the new Manny Pacquiao after he knocked out Lamont Peterson. Don't do that. The new Manny Pacquiao thing did nothing to help Lucas Matisse. All right? Did nothing. Certainly didn't do him any good against an old Manny Pacquiao. But, um, yeah, uh, d just don't do it. Don't try to be the new Manny Pacquiao. Try to be the the the, uh, the first Louis Neary. All right? I mean, when Pacquiao was coming up, nobody was saying, oh, uh, th you know, this guy's a new Henry Armstrong. The only time something like that happened was uh, when he was beating up De La Hoya, and that was against all odds, okay? I don't think anybody was betting uh, against Louis Neary when he fought McJoe Arroyo. All right? You know, personally, that's just me. Stop with the comparisons. Don't try to be anybody else. Be yourself. That is how you establish yourself. Oh, gosh. You know, I I'm getting a bit too uh, philosophical on this podcast. Okay. What was the next fight on the undercard? Okay. Another thing I got to credit them for is, you know, aside from these small bouts that, you know, uh, kept the undercard stacked. They were also doing interviews with fighters, but unfortunately, the audio in the bar was not the greatest because, uh, you know, you can, you can kind of hear the noise, but you can't make any of it out. And I've got all these big screen TVs in front of me, and I can see that they're interviewing Deontay Wilder, but I can't hear what he's saying. But I also have a feeling that if I, uh, you know, if I could hear what he was saying, I probably wouldn't understand what he's saying you know but regardless uh after that we had on the undercard lindolfo delgado versus james roach now uh james roach is a fighter who coming into this fight had a record of five and one and uh roach got squashed you know no, no better way to describe it I mean, he just got utterly yeah i don't want to say destroyed but it's kind of like well that, i think that was kind of the uh the result that uh people were expecting in this fight um 
This was Roach's first fight that did not take place uh, in uh, Oklahoma. That's where he, that's where he's from. Is where he usually fights. His first fight outside of Oklahoma and uh, didn't make the best show of himself against Delgado. Uh, like I said, these fights were not the greatest, but at the same time, do we remember Triple G versus uh, Canelo Alvarez, the rematch, and how we had to wait probably, I think it was an hour and a half between the uh, last fight on the undercard and the main event? And that was like the start of the ring walks and everything, because then you had the national anthems. Then you had the introductions, the pre-fight pageantry. It was just too much. By the time the fight started, you know, I felt like I'd been there for four days. It's just like, come on, get on with it. But uh, regardless, next on the undercard was Jay Leon Love versus uh, David Benavidez. Now... A lot of people talk talked about uh, Errol Spence, you know, being having the best performance on the whole card. Absolutely, no argument from me. However, I think the second best performance was from David Benavidez. Sorry, I want to get this name correct because personally, I think this guy could be a a big star in the super middleweight division. Uh, Benavidez is a former WBC uh, super middleweight champion. He's undefeated. Uh, this is uh, the usual ridiculousness of boxing politics. His title was stripped from him. Uh, I believe it's on Andre, or sorry, not Andre, Anthony Durrell. Anthony Durrell currently has that uh, super middleweight title. But uh, David Benavidez came into the ring against Jay Leon Love, and oh man, it, it was a very good first round for Benavidez, and he was just. Uh, letting his hands go. I thought that uh, he j- just had tremendous hand speed, and then he ends up stopping um, Jay Leon Love in the second round. It-, it just happened so fast that I thought, oh my gosh, you know, um, Love looks ready to go already at the start of round two, and then Benavidez just comes in, <laughs> lets his hands go, and that was it. It was kind of like, what the hell just happened there? I thought it was a great performance from Benavidez. And, you know, just thinking about it, I thought, you know, you've got Benavidez and Canelo is also in the super middleweight division. Imagine a fight between those two in a year or two. That could be a huge, that could be a huge fight. But also you've got Benavidez telling Anthony Durrell, I want that belt back. And, uh, again, if they fight, and if Benavidez gets that title back, that's all the more uh, power to him for when he, uh, for rather, if a fight between him and Canelo can happen. I don't know if it will. Nobody's really talking about it at the moment, but uh, I don't know. I would love to see that fight happen. That's just me. Okay, so um, now we get to the main event. Uh as usual, they, they do some uh, some more talking with the commentators. Um, I could hear that Ray Mancini was picking Mikey Garcia. Sean Porter uh, picked Errol Spence. They spoke to the Charlo brothers. Both of them were going with Errol Spence. 
and then the pageantry starts. Uh, for some reason, Errol Spence had a marching band uh, coming out with him. I can't remember where they were from, but all, I, all for some reason, I see, I saw that, and the first thing that came to mind was that line from American Pie, this one time at band camp. And I just thought, I wonder if like he stole this from Adrian Broner. I honestly don't know, but I, I don't think Adrian Broner is uh, in any position to complain about, oh, you stole something from me. I mean, who cares about Broner at this point? And, uh, oh, somebody else who was picking Mikey Garcia, UFC President Dana White picked Mikey Garcia. Um, I believe he bet $10,000 on Garcia. And uh, had, he, uh, had Garcia won... Uh, White would have collected $33,000. Oh my gosh, th thank God Dana White didn't pay more than he already did. Uh, yikes. Could you find a round to give to Mikey Garcia? I couldn't. I could not understand when the fight was done, these people who had who gave Mikey a round now I'll admit I wrote for round two if you were following me on Twitter at boxing for free and if you were following you would see that I wrote for round two I scored that round for Spence but I could see others going for Garcia who was more active that round I still scored it for Spence though so that is the only round I could see you giving to Mikey Garcia round two like I said, an argument could be made, but it's not a strong argument. But, yikes. I mean, the rest of it was just all Errol Spence, and it looked like he was getting more aggressive as the fight went on. And there were a few times where I thought, okay, um, he's, uh, you know, he's really stepping on the gas. If he wants to, he could stop Garcia. And I thought at one point... Um, Oh gosh, I, I think it was. I can't. I'm trying to look in my all my tweets here, um, you know, to see if I wrote anything about it. But I thought at one point that it looked like um, Spence was very was kind of on the verge of like scoring a knockout, like a technical knockout anyway. Because say what you want about uh, Mikey Garcia, but the guy has a tremendous chip. He, he does, but unfortunately, that wasn't enough to beat Errol Spence that night. Oh my gosh, everything that Spence was doing, he he looked as dominant in round 12 as he did in round 1. Like, when the fight was over, you know, looking at him, it was kind of like, you were in a fight? You could, you could see that, you know, looking at Mikey. I mean, he wasn't devastated, but he was clearly dominated. Like I said, when was the last time we saw a fight between two undefeated fighters so one-sided? I'm thinking back to, you know, a fight like that. Like I said, Corrales versus Mayweather. Um, before that, Roy Jones Jr. versus James Tony, And that fight was, what, 1994 or 95? I, I honestly can't remember. But... Wow. No, a, a great performance from Errol Spence. Absolutely tremendous. I told him afterwards, you know, I picked Garcia, but 
you know, if you're ever fighting again, I'm not picking against you. I'm going with you all the way. Look, I'm, I'll be so bold as to say right now, if they were to make a fight between Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, I'd probably go with Errol Spence. I might be wrong. We're kind of used to that on this show, but I'd be honest enough to admit it. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen, sadly. Because Errol Spence is with PBC slash Showtime. Terrence Crawford is with ESPN. In fact, I don't even think they mentioned Terrence Crawford's name after the fight. And that was a pity. Instead, who do they bring into the ring? Manny Pacquiao, the 40-year-old somewhat senator from the Philippines who holds a welterweight title. Oh, I... Man, it, oh, listen, I, I wrote it down. I don't think Manny would want any part of Spence after this fight. I really don't. I, I, I just think that, oh, man, that, that, that is, you know, if one guy is landing almost 350 punches and the other guy is only landing 75, do you really want to fight a guy like that, Manny? When you're 40 years old, do you need to take or do you need to risk or take the chance of taking that sort of a beating from him. I mean, I'm watching a, a, a slight, uh, not slight, sorry. I am watching a, uh, a little clip on YouTube from Fox Sports. And it's just kind of staggering. 1,082 punches thrown from Errol Spence. Paul Williams would be proud. I'm sorry, like, I, I, I was just... I was blown away by it. And uh, Spence later said that it was because Mikey Garcia was acting and talking so arrogant in the lead-up to the fight that that's why he fought so aggressively. But, um, hey, if that's what it takes to bring out uh, the beast in Errol Spence, let it happen. Because, like I said, I think it was a great fight, a great performance from him. And Mikey Garcia... Well, after the fight, he didn't look too devastated. Like I said, it, he wasn't devastated, but he was dominated. It's that clear. And I was talking to Justin earlier today, and I said, you know, Garcia actually thinks that he can still win a title at welterweight. And Justin was thinking, well, against who, though? He thinks that uh, Sean Porter is too big and too good. He thinks the same of Keith Thurman. And we just saw what happened with Errol Spence. So who is out there that could uh, make a fight between or who could uh, make a fight with Garcia that would allow him to win that title at welterweight? Manny Pacquiao, maybe. But unfortunately, there is no money in a uh, Garcia versus Pacquiao fight. There would be if Garcia had won, but he didn't win a round on any of the judges scorecards. In fact, one judge uh, scored one of the rounds a 10-8 round, which I, and I, 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 it's funny. I can't remember what round that was, but at the same time, when I heard the uh, the scores, I was kind of like, yep, I think I know which round it was. Who knows? It may have been round 11, but I was surprised that Garcia did not go for broke. I, I thought that he would come out with a reckless abandon, just say, you know what? I know I've lost every round, so... 
I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to give it all I can and try to knock this guy the hell out. But instead, Spence was more dominant. Or it was Spence who was more active, just throwing everything that he could. It, it, it was a tremendous performance from Errol Spence. Um, like I said, I don't want to see Manny Pacquiao fight Errol Spence. I think that he would take a terrible, unnecessary beating against Errol Spence. And, you know, it just doesn't need to happen for Pacquiao. If he's smart, if Freddie Roach is smart, if Boo Boy is smart, I don't believe he is. Regardless, um, I would advise him, don't fight this guy. Please, just walk away when it's done. Um, but... Also, if the fight does not happen between Pacquiao and Spence, there is a possibility that it could happen between uh, Spence and the leprechaun, Showtime Sean Porter. Well, what a show it was tonight here at AT&T Stadium. We were treated to a huge performance. Twelve fantastic rounds of boxing between Errol Spence Jr. against Mikey Garcia. And I'm joined by the IBF welterweight champion of the world, Errol Spence Jr. Congratulations. First of all, fantastic performance. You've long been talked about as, as the boogeyman of this division. You, you felt like a fighter that was on the verge of greatness coming into this. You needed a great fight to put you right there. How do you reflect on this performance? Uh, I feel like it was a great performance on my basically showed my boxing IQ. I showed my skills and my talent, just showed my ability throughout the whole training camp. And when this fight was made, people were saying that, you know, he had faster feet than me. He was smarter than me. Um, he was a better fundamental fighter than me. So I just wanted to prove that I have, you know, a different arsenal. That's right. Coming into this fight, a lot of people talked about it being lose-lose for you. Yeah. You just outbox one of the greatest boxers in the game. Do you feel like coming out tonight is win-win? Oh, uh, definitely. I feel like, you know, a lot of people thought I was just going to bulldoze them, just run them over with just pure, you know, brute strength. But I just showed a different type of boxing IQ that a lot of people haven't seen from me. Was what we saw in the ring your strategy coming into this? How much credit would you like to give your team, Derek James, who's with you here? Oh, uh, definitely. Derek, the one that did a lot of film, and, um, you know, he basically told me, you know, a, a simple setback with a jab would offset a lot of his rhythm that he does, and it offset his rhythm and make him start all over. So, you know, I credit my coach and just my whole team from, you know, doing game film and just breaking down and, showing me different things so I can add it to my game and you know get this victory. I imagine a super fight like this has whet your appetite for another big fight. You obviously called out Manny Pacquiao. Do you think a performance like the one you gave in the ring will scare Manny Pacquiao away? He didn't seem definite about the fact that he wanted to take on your challenge. Well, he never seemed definite, but a guy like Manny Pacquiao, you know, he's he's our blood and guts. You know, he's a real fighter. And um, I doubt if he's scared of anybody in, you know, any division, you know, as, as proven as, you know, he's fought anybody that's been in his way. So... You know, I think he'll take the challenge. You know, it's a big money fight. You know, he's on his way out. So he's a future Hall of Famer, too. So why not fight? Can you be the man to retire him? Oh, definitely. I can't give him that retirement check. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, Sean Porter, my friend, has been on this Fox broadcast with us. You've not shown him a lot of love tonight. He's listening in, though. Is there anything you'd like to say to him directly? Because he can hear you. <laughs> um, I like to tell Sean Porter that... Um, if the Manny Pacquiao fight don't happen, I'll definitely, you know, take that fight with Sean Porter. You know I've been wanting that fight. When he fought um, when he fought Danny Garcia and he beat Danny Garcia, I got in the ring and told him, let's make this fight happen. He said it's easy to make happen, but, you know, it didn't happen. So that's the whole reason I fought Mikey Garcia. So, you know, if you want to fight, we can definitely make that happen if the Pacquiao fight don't happen. But I definitely, definitely will fight Sean Porter and take that WC belt from him. 
And Arrow, I'm up top. I showed you respect tonight. All the respect to you, what you did tonight. You did a fantastic job. You dominated. Much respect to you. Congratulations to you, your team, your family. And listen, if Manny Pacquiao is dragging his feet, <laughs> you ain't got to look left. You ain't got to look right. We're both ready for this. This is a co collision course that's been waiting to happen. You just let me know when, baby. Let me know when. Definitely. That is a super fight, so... You know, I definitely take that fight. It's a super fight. It's what the fans want. He's a real fighter. I'm action-packed. He action-packed. And if we both clash, clash is, you know, it's going to be an extremely crowd-pleasing fight. Dallas or Cleveland? Where would it happen? Oh, Cleveland! got to bring it back to Dallas. <laughs> hey, American I, team. No, hey, I got no no problems with that, man. Jerry Jones has showed me some love. And I, I know your crowd has showed you some love, man. Hey, man, congratulations. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you soon, man. Thank you. I mean that. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we all echo that. You really did. You touched greatness tonight. Uh, camp is hard, man. Is there anything you're really looking forward to right now? Um, getting a burger. Yeah. I'm looking for getting a double burger. Like I'm, I'm fiending for some grease. Like even after my, after my uh, weigh-ins, like I eat healthy throughout sweet potatoes mm -hmm. and fish, things like that. So I haven't had anything greasy fries or anything that's going to go through the, a brown paper bag in a long time. <laughs> go for it, man. Indulge yourself. You've deserved it. Listen, you touched greatness tonight. It was an absolutely fantastic performance. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you. your time. Now, if it were up to me, make the fight between Spence and Showtime Sean Porter. I think that's a better fight. Make the fight between Spence and Keith Thurman. I think that's a better fight. Make the fight between Spence and Terrence Crawford. I think that's the best fight that you could make. But I would prefer not to see Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Errol Spence. I mean... I, I can understand why they want why everybody wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. It's because despite despite where he is in his career, he is still a superstar. He's still a living legend. And to say that you beat Manny Pacquiao, you're the one who retired him, you know, that that elevates your star status. That elevates your clout. But uh Regardless of this, I was also something I was also talking to Justin about was now that Spence has this amazing victory over Mikey Garcia, this is a time where he should be on talk shows. He should be doing his best to let people who don't follow boxing know about him and say, "Hey, I never watched this guy before, but watching him on, you know, either some like I said, one of the idiots, like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Colbert, uh, you know, who else you got. If you put him on there, talk to him about boxing, show some clips, mention that, oh, you know, in my last fight, I landed 375 punches and my opponent only, or rather, sorry, it was 300, about 350, I landed 350 punches, my opponent landed, you know, only 75 you mentioned that you show highlights of the fight, show highlights from other fights. People might say, oh, you know, I've never seen this guy before. I've never heard of him, but wow, I, I might want to watch his next fight. I mean, what what did uh, appearing on Jimmy Kimmel do for Manny Pacquiao? I don't know, but at the same time, people were people became more aware of him. So, I don't know. Uh Justin seems to think that uh, he seems to think that uh, Errol Spence is a bit of a dullard on camera. 
Maybe, but maybe that's something he can work on. I mean, he uh, Justin prefers Terrence Crawford. Uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be very interesting to have a discussion if if the fight between Crawford and Spence could get made. That's a discussion that Justin and I would probably have in the future. Uh, that's probably another discussion that Matt Lewis and I would have in the future. But nothing set in stone yet. What is set in stone is that right now, Errol Spence certainly last Saturday made a great case for being the best welterweight in the world. Mikey Garcia, okay, guts and a great chin, but it just wasn't enough to overcome Errol Spence's immense talent. It was a great performance, and I hope that it can lead to bigger and greater things in the sport of boxing. Like I said, the undercard wasn't the greatest, but I can't ever say I was bored. I can't ever say I was thinking about leaving or just thinking about watching any of the hockey games that were on the smaller TVs. Remember, this is Canada. We got hockey playing 24-7 somewhere, but... I enjoyed the fight, and uh, I look forward to the next Errol Spence fight, and I also want to know what Mikey Garcia might have next. He says he still wants to win a title at welterweight, but personally, I don't see it happening yet. I I really, though, I really want to see what's next for Errol Spence. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Eris Lendi Lara, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, Adonis Stevenson, Berman Severn, Millerad Zizek, Glenn Johnson, and many others by liking us on Twitter at twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. Go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes or iHeartRadio, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Y'all so stupid!